Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch with us. Welcome to our show <laughs> about the things we love and the things we hate and the things we love to hate. Something like that. Yeah, I think that's what this is. <laughs> you know, hard to say. <laughs> you want to know what day is it? Where are we? <laughs> we don't know. But some things we definitely love to hate happened this week. Yeah. It might be Kelsey's hottest take time of the year. I told you it was my annual gripe session. <laughs> this is a time made in. just for Kelsey to vent her rage. Mm-hmm. Guys, it's Emmy season again, somehow. It's Emmy season. In the midst of whatever this is. <laughs> so I definitely thought Emmys were in January. Mm-mm, they're always in September. Oscars are in January. Something's in January. I think. I thought they were all stacked up on top of each other in like a like two a month word period. season. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I I can't. I don't pretend know. to know. As I told Kelsey at the top of the show, <laughs> I have thought every day was Thursday for the last seven days. Yeah. So <laughs> don't listen to me on anything here. But news to me that it's Emmy's time. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the nominations came out this week. Yes. And and I am definitely not reading them for the first time right now at all. Right. I definitely read them when they came out two days ago. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, yeah. It might have been yesterday. I don't know. I literally don't know. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> um, let me, let's just talk about some, some highlights here. There's yes. some wins involved yes. in this year's nominees. This is our quarantine corner, by the way, guys. Oh, yeah, it's our quarantine corner update. Yeah. Okay, so big wins. Um, yes. Schitt's Creek got a million nominations. That's the one thing I managed to catch is that it's a good year for Shit's Creek. And good yes. on them. Good on them. Particularly, I think it was very smart to submit Dan Levy and Annie Murphy as supporting mm-hmm. so that all four of them could be nominated. Yep. And I think they have a much better chance in supporting than trying to put two of them into one category like some other networks really <laughs> enjoyed doing, which I'll get to. <laughs> also... So I went through the whole list. Um, Schitt's Creek got nominated for contemporary hairstyling, and Hell I just want to say yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hell yes. <laughs> Wait, where is that? If something else wins that, I'm going to riot. It's like way, 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 way down on the list. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine. That's program design. Production it's in there. design. Production design. Production design. <laughs> Fuck yeah, off. Yeah, you're, you're going to go for a while. <laughs> Oh, this is a much longer scroll bar than I thought. Please continue yeah. while I look for this. Okay. Some okay. other quick wins. Speaking of supporting actor, William Jackson Harper is also in there and Andre Brower. Excellent. Both, you know, faves of the pod, but <laughs> yes, we're, we're here for the Shit's Creek Awards this year and I won't accept anything else. Um, the Crown did pretty well. Yeah. Specifically the... Uh, Aberfan, however we're going to say that episode, like, they really put 
up for all the like technical awards, and I think that's right. That was well earned for sure. Yes, uh, they also got a costume one for uh, the last episode about Margaret. Also well earned. Also well earned. Also Olivia Coleman and Helena Bonham Carter. But huge snub for our buddy Tobias. I know. Huge. Also, I feel like Josh O'Connor could have gotten one too, and he didn't get one either. They never nominate the people who we want them to nominate. It's sort of like that's the like line our here. story of that's, the Emmys. So yes. we're just carrying on in the great tradition. That's why we have our own, yeah, award show that we do every year because no one appreciates us. No one appreciates the things we appreciate. Correct. Um, other huge one is Succession that got also a million I nominations. I noticed as I was scrolling through, they're guilty of doing, like, multiples in a, in a single category. Yeah, and so I think they're, like, the new Game of Thrones, because it this seems to be like HBO's, it. like, plan of attack is to just stack the odds in each category, but I think, like, you go down the list and you get into a point and you're not gonna appreciate this yet, but... How could one possibly choose a supporting actor between Nicholas Braun and Kieran Culkin and Matthew McFadden? Like, you can't choose. You can't. (laughs) That sounds difficult. You can't choose. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, they're shooting themselves in the foot because then you're like, well, I guess I'll just pick someone else. I don't know. I'm not a voting member of the whatever the fuck. But it seems like a mistake. There's way too much Watchmen on this list. Yeah. It's very Watchmen heavy. Speak to Watchmen because I haven't seen it. I try to <laughs> Watchmen I, is to me what Ozark is to you. I've heard Watchmen's actually good though. I hear that too, but that doesn't mean <laughs> that it's like any more endeared to me. Like go away. Sure. Sometimes you just like for whatever reason you in a show just don't hit it no, off without fair. ever having watched it and it's just it's like fair. no. It's fair. I'm not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> you know what is not on here at all? What's that? Outlander. It's just I'm not, not surprising. Shocked. They've done not as good a job in recent times as they <laughs> should have. But yes. I do remember having a conversation about some episode that now escapes me. Um, about that being like their their episode. It may have been the one with the battle maybe when when what's his face dies i'm not and sure jamie wears this... the red coat oh sure <laughs> i was just gonna say i'm not sure the season ever happened so yeah that's fine the season was bad it's not up to the caliber of a lot of these shows so i'm no. fine not seeing it in here Yes, but, like, also want more it. for yourself, Outlander. <laughs> I know. Seriously, because they've come close in other years. They've won things in certain years. Probably, like, costuming and stuff. They've definitely like... won some technical stuff. I could have sworn that Kat finally won something recently. It was some Irish thing. Oh. At any rate, want more for yourself. Do better. Yeah. Do better. But, okay. So... The blame is not all on Outlander, because I also need to blame the (laughs) Emmy nomination party. (laughs) The political party that is the Emmy nomination. (laughs) And I'm not the only person who said this, but Ray Seahorn, like, cannot get a fucking break. (laughs) 
<laughs> on Better Call Saul, and she's the only thing uh, that's worth watching in that show. She's amazing. Wasn't this, like, an important season for her? It was an important season for her, and they continue to just ignore her that's and so nominate rude. the men of that show, and it uh, makes me upset. Isn't that, like, low-key the story, like, the literal plot of that show? Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. cool. That's it's super cool. That's super it's cool. Like, it's super duper cool. <laughs> it's cool that that story's out there in the world and that the critics watching it are um, taking it to heart. See, I think, th- I suspect that people don't actually watch that show or don't watch it anymore. So they're yep. just voting based on what they know about it without really having to watch it. Yep. Again, I, I know that. nothing about this process. I'm just blaming people. <laughs> I could see that being true, though. Because there's definitely a significant bias represented in this list here. Or like several Mrs. Biases. Maisel for the yeah. thousandth time. Get the fuck out of here. Handmaid's Tale. Who the fuck is watching the Kaminsky method besides my parents? I don't know. No one. And it's like, we get know. it. Everyone thinks streaming is cool, but like, fuck off. Yeah. It's Not, just, I mean, yeah. I'm pro streaming also. It's just like, we can see your green screen, except it's the Emmy's nomination process. Right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the other big snub for me personally um, <laughs> was that normal people didn't get like anything. They got one for lead actor, mm-hmm. but they submitted as limited series, which I'm very happy about because that means we don't get a season two and I've never wanted a season two. <laughs> but... that show deserved a lot more they got some stuff in the technical side of things but it wasn't necessarily like the episodes i wanted but they did get a writing one which i think is super well deserved well that's good um that's another show that's not made for kirstie but it's made for me probably it's definitely not made for me but i can respect i can respect it yeah um i have like two more things to discuss about this list (laughs) okay That are important oh boy. to our podcast. So the first one, <laughs> The Little Mermaid Live was nominated for some things. Why? Um, they were nominated for production design for a variety special and for technical direction. And I just have some qualms. I think they were also nominated for makeup. Ew. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I struggle with the technical categories because it's like, sure, I guess they did the thing and that was probably difficult to do. I'm not sure that's like there. I don't find their production design to be that novel. No. And like anyone can go out and like accomplish a very difficult task. It doesn't mean that they need to like be celebrated for it. I mean, the real thing is that there's not that many variety specials or whatever that they, they right so they're not these. competing against anything <laughs> yeah i had just like repressed that oh, memory sure and i was like oh no and the only thing like it really deserves to be nominated for is that sebastian cost <laughs> yes yes absolutely i mean um, i guess it's so it, i it's a better option than all of the other award shows being in here Yes. Like, the fact that it's an entire category and an award show. Right. Just. Or, like, the Super Bowl halftime show. show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, 
You guys can do this offline. Like, isn't that what cast party is for? Right. Whatever the award show version mm-hmm. of that is. Like, you can give yourselves your little paper plate awards later. Right. Right. <laughs> um, so the big shining moment of this Emmy nomination list and our podcast is a, a real surprise. And that is that the winner of the 2019 Really good television awards for nice people only for best use of high end finishes. Ooh, was nominated an incredible number of times, and that is the episode of last week tonight that featured the song "Eat Shit, Bob." Yes, <laughs> I don't That's know if you've exciting. caught up to that moment yet, Kiersey. In I your think re- I did, but it was in it was in something akin to the before times, which is a special time within the actual. Before and after times, yeah. which is to say yeah. the time before I completely lost all my marbles. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I'm specifically excited because this was nominated for original music and lyrics. That's amazing. <laughs> That's so well played. Honestly, it made my whole day. It was also nominated for production design and for directing and for a couple other things. But like. That's good amazing. On John Oliver Good on all those people, and good on us for calling it six <laughs> months ago? Then. Seven months ago? Yeah. Yeah. John Oliver just... is out there doing the work for the people. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm pretty I'm happy about that. Right now. That's so exciting. Good on us. Yeah. What you're saying is that the really fucking good television award show for nice people only is, like, low-key an Emmy's forecast. Yes. Every time. <laughs> Every single time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, Succession was the most important TV that you missed. That's true. And now it's got if, all the Emmys. Yeah. Yeah. So, Schitt's Creek was in there. A little bit of Lexus was in there. Mm-hmm. So, I think we have a real stance here. I think so. <laughs> and I'm sure it has nothing to do with the fact that we almost exclusively watch streaming shows. I watch a lot of cable. Thank you. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I watch a lot of British cable, but it's still cable. <laughs> there it is. There we go. <laughs> it's still a cable. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Anyway. I think that's my that's my update on the Emmys. Do you have any other thoughts as you're scrolling? I don't, other than to say that there are a lot of shows on here that I have never heard of, and I'm surprised by that somehow. <laughs> there are a few that I hadn't heard of. Um, it turns out that even if your Twitter feed is nothing but TV critics, the television landscape is still such that many shows will remain obscure. Mm-hmm. It is vast. <laughs> vast and terrifying. Yes. Um, also, why is Curb Your Enthusiasm still here? I don't know. Hasn't that show been around since, like, the dawn of eternity? Yeah, but it's this, like, certain generation of Emmy nominee in the Emmy nomination party. Yes. <laughs> that feels like it deserves Needs ongoing recognition. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's great. So anyway, should we get into it? Let's get into it. We... 
are going to switch from American television to talk now about British television. Because as Kelsey mentioned, she watches British television. (laughs) (laughs) However, there's a relevance here. Because one of these shows is available to you now on HBO Max, and the other one is coming to HBO Max at some time in the future. I'm very excited for the other one to come to HBO Max. Having easy access to that is going to be very exciting. I mean, I have easy access to it. You could too, Kirstie. (laughs) One of these days when I come to your house, you know, in like four years when we're allowed to do that... (laughs) I'm just going to install the VPN on your computer and leave, and and you'll be so happy. (laughs) We just don't know it yet. If you didn't have to pay a subscription fee on it. But it's so worth it. Yeah. Well, my daycare fees just went up, so it's like, (laughs) what are you going to (laughs) do? So we are going to talk to you about a show called The Doghouse UK. Yes. Which does beg the question, is there the dog house? I don't know. (laughs) No. No. What about... Like Australia? Yeah, that was my next one, AU. And Google just shit the bed entirely, so no. That's how you break Google. It appears that there is an Australian version. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Maybe this is just the British version. It again. strikes me as an Australian concept, to be honest. The set looks exactly the same, so it's possible that it's the British show just in Australia. Know what mm. I mean? Yep. Hold on. Ah, I can't listen to the episode. I was going to play like a minute of the episode just to get the yeah. accent. Um, but I'm not in Australia, so. Oh, so I'll just flip my VPN to Australia. I guess you'll just have to use your VPN. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, you're giving me homework now. Anyway, this is the British version of a show called The Doghouse. Yes. Which is like a dating reality show, except matchmaking dogs and... Well, this is not what I thought it was. um, Dogs and people for adoption. Yeah. Yes. Which, like, isn't that far off from the dog adoption process in my experience. Correct. That's correct. It is kind of like matchmaking. Yes, I think that's fair. Yes. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so the doghouse is available right now on your HBO. Mm-hmm. And the format is there is this shelter in, like what appears to be a bougie part of the British countryside. I don't know much about (laughs) geography, so who the fuck knows? You tried. I tried. And they usually have three... I'm taking this from two episodes, so I may be wrong. It's usually three different families or prospective adopters. Yes, that sounds about right. Who come in, and you get some talking heads of their, like, backstory... And then they try to pair them with the dogs. And then they're interspersed with a couple of, like, sob stories about Mm -hmm. people surrendering their dogs to the shelter. Which all reads to me as, like, a big propaganda piece for dog adoption, which is fine. And I can appreciate it. In kind of, like, a reverse psychology way that... Yeah. Or not reverse psychology, but in, like, a backwards way that just, like, feels... I wasn't thrilled with some of it. 
it definitely... It's not a, like, Sarah McLaughlin ASPCA, MSPCA, whatever it is, commercial. Yeah, not like, quite. <laughs> no. But it does have a gross factor that I... When we were talking about it on Slack, I was saying it's kind of like when you watch Extreme Home Makeover. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, I don't need to... Like, this person went through something bad to be on this show, and now we're going to milk that for all yes. it's worth to get this emotional moment. Yeah. Not every ep- episode and couple are like that, or family, but some of them are, and the, it's gross. The first episode is, like, very heavy-handed. It's like, we're going to talk about this yeah. person's depression, mm-hmm. and how her life partner was, like, worried that she was never going to laugh again. And Uh let's talk about these people who suddenly have no money and can't afford surgery for their dog. And there were, like, two other things. The amputee. The amputee, yep, who's, like, disabled and was fighting for his life in the hospital, and now he needs a therapy dog. Yeah. Which is, like, all fine, but they're, like, gross about it. They also tend to go, like, too far into the details. Like, there's a way to say, like... I want a dog for emotional support. Yeah. And that wouldn't be gross to me. No. But they're like, my husband left me and then committed suicide and now the kids are sad. Like, I didn't need to know that. I could just, you know, say like, you want a friend for your kids. Yeah. Like, that's fine. I actually didn't mind the, that story was the one besides that part. I didn't mind the part where there was like, one of the daughters was autistic, and she was saying, I have a really hard time meeting people, and so I don't mind having a dog that's shy because I understand that. I think that's yep. kind of fine. Yeah. Like, that didn't gross me out, but that's be- it wasn't didn't feel like they were milking it. I think a good example of it is the, um, the couple at the end, the last couple, who get the little tiny puppy. Yep. Um, yep. The two guys, because their story was pretty basic. It was just like... We're two we, dudes, yeah. and we don't want to have kids, so we're going to get a dog. Right. And they, I can't remember what their attempt at a sob story was, but it was, like, very clear that, that a producer was like, tell me a story. Yeah. Tell me all about your whole life. Because they were, he, I think their narrative was that they might be moving too fast in their relationship, and so they weren't sure it was, like, safe to get a dog. Yeah, and there was something about them feeling, like, left out because their friends had kids. Yes. But they, like, kept coming back to these talking heads where of each of them individually talking about their struggle getting into this relationship. Mm-hmm. And even, even as they're, like, trying to make it into something, there's no indication that this was actually anything. Yeah. But they were trying so hard to make it seem like these guys were on, like, an emotional playing field with yeah. the amputee and the depression girl and mm-hmm. whatever else. The one that really, like, crashed and bur- burned in a way that felt correct um, was the family with the daughter who they were trying this to... This <laughs> was so weird. I This was so weird. The whole time I was watching it, I was like, who are you people... <laughs> <laughs> explain explain to the people. So it's it was a family with two girls, probably like five and eight or some somewhere mm-hmm. in that age range. And one of them is terrified of dogs. Like, I didn't catch the whole story, but just absolutely terrified of dogs. Like, can't be in the same space as dogs. So the parents were like, well, 
it's really difficult that she's so scared of dogs, so let's get her a dog. Because if she has a dog, she won't be scared of them, I guess. Yeah. So they drag this child to the shelter to make her meet the dog. And they, like, bring out a dog who's perfectly fine. And she starts, like, screaming and crying and, like, trying to get away from the dog. And they're trying to get her to pet the dog. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to pet the dog. <laughs> so they met, what, like, two dogs? Three? I feel like I they like, met more than one. I thought they just met the one. Oh, Maybe. Um, they all blur together. They really do. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, they cut away for a little while, and then they go back towards the end of the episode for the where are they now. And they try to, like, trick you into thinking that they got a dog and it all worked out great. Right. At With the beginning of the talking head, and then they reveal that, no, they, in fact, did not get a dog. And the mom's like, yeah, she was just too scared, and we thought maybe that's not a good idea. I I have so many questions. I mean, good on this shelter for clearly saying, like, no. Like, no, this is a really bad idea. But also, like, what is wrong with these parents? I don't, like, I understand the concept of, like, immersion therapy. Yeah. But that's typically done by a professional in a controlled setting, not by some dumbass who's just, like... Right. That would be like someone filling my house with spiders and just being like, live with it now. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? And also, this child was insufferable. She was the worst, yes. Both of she the children were absolutely the terrible. Worst. They yeah. rolled up and to the shelter s- in, like, little leather jackets and big bows, and they're, like, mm-hmm. bored. It was like, oh my god, there's a lot happening here. And you could tell the younger one was just trying to be, like, the older one, so the older one being scared was, like, triggering the younger one into, yes. like... Also being fake scared. But she thought it was, like, it was funny just, like, to be fake scared. Yeah, it was, like, this whole disaster. And I was like, I would not want either of you as my children. No. Please leave. <laughs> it was but also, much. like, what, like, <laughs> why? What I things went know. wrong in parenting to get you to this point? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't what? know. Like, there... Like, they were talking about how they had to change their route walking to school because yes. she might see a dog. Like, yes. get over it. Get over right. it. Right. Well, and if that's your approach to managing her anxiety, then why would you think that just, like, putting her with a dog 24 hours a day is going to fix it? Right. Like, there are some steps that need to happen between mm-hmm. Hither and Jan on this particular anxiety journey. As someone who's been on this particular journey in a much less... In a severe way. <laughs> I can tell you it's possible, but not that way. Not that way, no. 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 I mean, don't they have, mm-hmm. like, a friend with a dog? It, like, we can right. keep going all day, but it's just, right. like, there's any number of other ways that they could have exposed her to a dog other than saying to her, we are going to forcibly bring a dog into this house and you are going to learn to like dogs. Right. Right. I'm also a little alarmed... I guess I'm not, though, because that's how it was for me, too. But, like, people presumably come into this shelter, have their very first conversation with these people, and then leave with a dog that day. That's so common in shelters, though. Do you think? Yeah. Is it just because I had a bougie one? No, I mean, the shelter that um, my mom and I have volunteered for is the same way. Not necessarily for everybody, but you, like, go and you meet a dog and then they put you through a screening. And if it's, like, if there are no obvious red flags, then, yeah, they give you the dog. My process was, like, 
an application, emails, an in-person interview, phone calls, then going in to meet the dog and taking him home. Oh, 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 oh. No, I mean, that's true at the shelter that we've been involved with as well. Um, no, my assumption here was that the people coming into this shelter have to go through the same process. It just happens before okay. they get on okay. camera. Because I'm like, this seems very quick because the people who are doing like the little computer matchmaking so the the family comes in and checks in at reception and then um these like two office workers come out and are like so you want a dog and then they go back into their little office where they all have computers yeah and they like type 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 here's a dog type 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 (laughs) they said some stuff to us and so I assumed that in that, like, type, type, type time, they actually have their real application okay. materials. Okay. <laughs> it's like, this is alarming. Because they all kind of seem to be, like, showing up on a lark, and they're like, maybe we'll get a dog today. Like, you should know. Well, like, but they have producers who tell them to do that. Yeah, I know. I've, I understand. <laughs> I'm just saying the illusion feels yes. false. <laughs> Yes, that is correct. I'm actually on the website of the shelter now. Are you going to apply for a dog? I'm going to apply for a British dog. Um, do you think they'd bark with a little accent? They do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I did read an article once that there is something similar to accents among what? animals in different countries. What? Yes. It was That's a incredible. couple of years ago, so I don't know that I could give you any more specifics than that. But it is a thing. That's amazing. Yes. Yes. Dogs are geniuses. Dogs are incredible. Yes. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, I feel, I think the extreme home makeover comparison is valid because I think I want this to be a fun, relaxing show mm-hmm. to watch, but there's some part of my brain that was too tangled up in it and in like, in the fact that there's real world impacts. You know, like, if if this show is letting randos take home dogs, then, like, I mean, this is, like, shit that's happening to these dogs. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it feels a little high stakes. I had, like, mixed feelings. I had some, like, it depends on how much wine you have, I think. <laughs> because, like, the first episode, I was, like, having so many emotions, but I think it was also, like... I was thinking about me and how we adopted our dog and, like, how that was similar. And, like, it's more like you're watching the dog's little faces and seeing how scared they are and how excited they are. And, like, that stuff is very cute That's because it's so I pure. icky, though, because it's, like, it's just as, like, exploitive as if you were, like, watching the little people go through those emotions. No, I know. Like, so, like, the scaredness isn't cute. But, no. like, seeing them, like, find someone who they connect with is very I cute. Guess. I don't, I just didn't get the, like, endorphin hit that I feel like you're supposed to get. Yeah. It I didn't, didn't have, get like, a goods. side of gross. Yeah. yeah. I'm all, I was, like, also somewhat triggered by um, the family with the Pomeranian. Mm-hmm. So, they, this yeah, family had they to, were, like. Yeah, they were not good. No, this family had to turn in their dog because they couldn't afford all of his surgeries. And then the medical team like was like, oh, he doesn't actually need as much sh- surgery as their vet told him he did, but we'll do whatever surgery we can. So they like did a little bit of medicine and then they were like, we're just going to give the dog to completely different people now. Right. <laughs> Which I am still not okay with. No. But is that like a standard procedure? 
It depends on the shelter. Some shelters, mm. like the shelter that we've been involved in, um, has a fund to help people pay for their medical bills so that they don't have to surrender their animals. Gotcha. Um, they also have a program where they will like take custody of the animal for a certain amount of time so that they can vet them and do a certain amount of their medical procedures. And then you can have the animal back. Yeah. So they have like some different variations to try to keep animals yeah. in the same home. And it depends on like, depends on the donor base of your shelter. Right, really. right, right. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Wild. So it depends. But the reason I find it icky is because they played up the owners being sad about it. They played up the animal being sad about it. Mm -hmm. And then you know that whether directly or indirectly, the production's paying for those those medical bills. So they did they could have given the dog back. Right. Is all I'm right. saying. And it would have been such a good TV moment. That would have been a very good TV moment because you get to call mm -hmm. them up. They get to come back for the animal happy reunion. Like, mm -hmm. I would have had a lot more feelings about that than about the family who end ended up with the dog. And then give it back. Yeah. 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 I will say, if you're going to watch the show, be prepared for the actual scenes where, for some reason, people agree to be filmed while surrendering their pets and then they leave the room and you see the pet like being upset that they can't it's find awful. their owner and like i can't handle it i can't and they I talk can't, about all of the feelings that animals go through when their owners leave them and i was like mm -hmm. excuse me yeah no, <laughs> no i didn't you. come to this heartwarming <laughs> television show about animals to be physically assaulted right I think yeah. there's, like, a lower-key version of this show where it's just, like, people coming to adopt pets and saying, like, I'm quirky like this, and here's a yes. pet that would fit my lifestyle, yes. and wouldn't that be fun, and we all go home happy. I agree. Like, it's just the part in the pen where they bring the, the dog in, and the dog yeah. either sniffs them and is disinterested or jumps yeah. all over them, and then they get to do, like, a test walk down the walkway, yeah. and the dog is on the leash, and the dog's all happy, yeah. and then everyone's like, yay, we have a dog. Right. Yes. I did think it was, like, the, I don't know, I took issue with it because it was, like, kind of gross, but at the same time, like, the the two different dog interactions with the amputee yeah, and his wife were, like, very sweet. Like, yes. the first one, like, you could tell, like, he wasn't into it and the dog was kind of into it, but, like, it just wasn't right. And then the second one, like, they were both so attached to each other right away. Yeah. Like, that was cute. Yeah, and I think, see, I think that's fine, because I've had that experience adopting yeah. animals before. Yeah. And, like, that's not on anyone. Sometimes you just don't click. Right, right. I think that's also good to share on yes. TV if that's the story you're telling. Yes. Yes, I agree. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. So, this is a real lukewarm... I Here's what I'll say. I don't think the format is all bad. I don't think, like, I think... Technically speaking, it is a, like, well-constructed show, and I mm -hmm. think some of those choices that they're making narratively make sense for trying to, like, flesh it out so that it's not just 45 minutes of people petting dogs. The I show think we it, all deserve. The show we all deserve. <laughs> I think it was just too much for me. It introduced yeah. feelings and concepts that I didn't want, especially yeah. based on what people were saying on Twitter. Yeah. Because people on Twitter made it sound like it was just a big warm hug. Yeah. Which I did not feel. No, I was quite alarmed by parts of it. 
Yeah. But also parts of it were sweet. So, like, you just have to go in with some knowledge, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Just go in with an open mind. And be prepared. And all of your coping skills. All of them. All of them. Every single one. If you have, like, a sensory bin, keep it next to you. Yeah. <laughs> Wine? Yes. I See, I watched this, like, so sober mm-hmm. while I was doing work, I think. Mm. Pretty sure I was working that night. Yep. Don't do that. No. No. It's a mistake. Yeah. Um, should we switch gears? Yes. Should we talk about, like, maybe my new favorite show? Yes. I am so <laughs> excited about this show. Okay, so this show is coming to HBO Max in the future. We don't know when. It'll be such a good get, though. Yeah. If you have access to Channel 4's website, you can watch one season of it. This is the Great British Great British Throwdown. I'm like, yes. which one is it? Yes. The Great British Throwdown. It's Bake Off, but pottery. Yes. In, like, every way possible. In every way possible, and we may have found a new dad. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, So, the loose premise, besides just being Bake Off, is there's, like, a handful of potters that are, like, somewhere between professional and, like, home potters. Yes. (laughs) Um, They do it's like over the course of several days because of pottery so it's not just a little weekend thing like here and there and they do one big overarching challenge that takes like the majority of the uh time and like has the most sway in the final decision of like who goes home and who stays and then they do a little quick challenge um to split it up and it's lots of fun and then someone wins and someone goes home and then they do it all again I'm so proud of them for how they managed to fit challenges into the show. I think it's Mm -hmm. genius. I think a lot of this show is genius. When they pulled out that first, like, lightning round challenge, Mm -hmm. which is literally just, like, make a bunch of identical handles and put them on these fucking mugs. Yep. Because it's a down day because all your shit's in the kiln and we don't know what else to do with you. I was like, hell yes. I want the mugs. And they do a great job of, like, avoiding the part where you have to wait for things. So, like, some of these, like, they don't have to finish or they just have to do a certain part of it. They do a good job of, like, for those quick challenges, making them actually fast and not having this, like, process of waiting and, like, firing and blazing. And I've only watched one and a half episodes, but it seems like they're... So, I know nothing about pottery. So, this is coming from a place of complete ignorance, but (coughs) I was expecting their... To be, like, not a ton of variation in what kinds of projects they can do. Like, I know you can make a lot of stuff out of pottery, but I sort of think of it as either being, like, you put it on a wheel or you kind of shape it. Yeah. And those are your two choices. But in the first episode alone, there was, like, so much technical variation. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think what's really smart about this show and the concept is that, like, we've seen other variations of a bake-off format. I've seen, you know, we've talked about making it on this show. I watched the glass blowing show on Netflix. It sucked to me. I honestly can't remember if I watched it or not. I know I wanted to. I don't remember if I made it there. So, I think what works about pottery specifically that's so smart is that 
not only are there variations in like the types of things you can do similar to baking, like you could do cakes, you can do pastries, you can do bread and all those things require different like skill sets. There's also a lot of visual Mm -hmm. cues for someone who doesn't know anything about it (laughs) to be able to pick up on like there's cracks or the color isn't right or, you know, whatever. Like the glass blowing show to me was a lot about like the value of something as art. Yep. Which is so subjective and isn't really, there's not enough like technical things that you can as an audience sort of like say this is good or bad. And in this show, there is an element of like the art factor, but there's also like, is this tall enough to meet the brief? (laughs) Did, you know, did it break? Did it not break? Like, is the glaze on right? Is it not like, there's so many little pieces that you can see throughout the process that like keeps you engaged in the same way that like you see a bread coming out and it's like too, you know, not, you know, too dark or like there's a cake that's split and it shouldn't have split. Like, those visual cues, I think, like, are what's important yeah, to make these shows, like, interesting. And there's still enough parameters to not be a making it that I always have said is, like, too broad. Well, the other thing I discovered that I feel like is it's the inverse of the making it problem is that, like, as you're suggesting, there are specific skill sets within pottery. So they started talking, it might have been in the second episode, about the specific kinds of pottery that each person does. Cause like one guy specializes in like big ass vases and he had to build a sink and he was having a hard time with it. And they were like, he doesn't usually have a hard time with big pottery. (laughs) Um, And like some people make a lot of bulls and some people like everyone has like their specialty in the ceramics. Yeah. So just because someone does poorly in one challenge doesn't actually reflect their skill level because right. like not everybody who does pottery makes sinks and not everybody who does pottery makes bowls. Right. Which blew my mind. It was just wild. And then suddenly it was like I was sitting there processing that with this like whole new appreciation for all of these contestants. Mm-hmm. Because then you get this like little insight to be like, these people have worked for so long to be here. Yeah. Yes, 100%. There's like so much more than I ever thought was involved and also like seeing the whole process i was like wow that mug i just bought for like 35 dollars yeah. should have cost like 135 dollars yes. like <laughs> what i do think it's nice to have these sort of like inroads to craftsmanship mm-hmm. because it, like it is hard to show up at a farmer's market or like a craft fair or wherever the fuck people who don't live in the countryside buy their nice art things yeah um, <laughs> like because you do see the prices on them, you're like, oh, that's a lot for one piece. But, like, it's literally, literally like, blood, sweat, and tears. And, like, yes. weeks. And, like, mm-hmm. so much material dug up from the earth. Right. It's a whole thing. Right. And so many things can go wrong. Yep. I know. As just the whole section on wedging. Mm-hmm. That blew my mind. I still have no idea what they're talking about. But then they went back and they were like, oh, he didn't wedge enough. And I was like, mm-hmm. holy shit. How would you even know? Right. (laughs) Right. I also like going back to the quick fire challenges. Yes. They, on Bake Off, they usually, like, the technicals are, like, you get the recipe, they tell you what it is, and then they go show, like, here's the final product. And on this show, like, they don't just show the final product, but on these quick ones, they show someone, one of the hosts, usually, or judges, or whoever, 
like they just do it in real time for them so they can see how it's made because unlike a you know they don't have a recipe right like right. <laughs> this is the recipe but i think it's cool to see it being made rather than just seeing the final product yeah because you get that like side-by-side comparison of like this is what an expert looks like doing it like i was having that feeling watching dad make the egg cups (laughs) yep because he's just like good old dad little pottery dad he was just like breaking the little cups off and i was just like hot diggity dad you're so good at that (laughs) he's pretty good I also think, like, the judges are super qualified. Yes. Which is so great. Nice. It, so this nice. Show, so I think right after Great British Bake Off made it big in the U.S., there was this explosion of reality shows that were trying to capture the, like, nice factor. Yep. And it felt so performative for so long. Like, yeah. You can't, like, fake it, really. Um, and this show is the first one I've watched in a while that's, like, trying to play nice that actually does play nice. Like, it actually feels like everyone's being supportive. Like, at one point, one of the contestants, like, was having a hard time keeping the walls of her sink up. And so another yeah. contestant gave her her pantyhose that she brought specifically for pottery. Yeah. It's, like, a technique. Um, <laughs> but she she had brought them from home to use in case of her own emergency. And she was like, here, right. have my yeah. pantyhose. There's also a vibe even more so on this show than on, like, Bake Off of, like, people don't care that much. Yes. Like, no one's in it to, like, really win. They're just like, I'm having a good time and I'm here. And, like, when the challenges end, they're kind of like, you better hurry up and finish that. Like, we'll just <laughs> count slowly. Like, it's not taken seriously, like, to the point of, like, so many shows that are, like, so hard and, like you know, just not fun. Yeah. <laughs> There's still such an element of fun. I'm hoping that doesn't change. Cause I do feel like I saw with bake off over time and I haven't seen all of bake off, but the, the few seasons I've seen, I do feel like I saw this escalation over time where the challenges started to become closer and closer to being impossible where it like left more and more room for error and catastrophe. And that was like the whole thing for us when we started watching it is that, it was within these parameters that were doable as long as you genuinely had the skill set. Yeah. Um, so as of right now, at least, that is where Throwdown lives. Like, as mm-hmm. long as you have the skills, it is actually a thing you can accomplish in the time given. Yeah. I've watched almost this whole season that's available, and it seems to be that way. There's certainly, like, ones that play really well to a certain person's skill set or a certain, like... Because there's a lot of, like, physical strength involved. Yeah. I think that's where sometimes it gets challenging because, like, some people are older or not as strong. And, like, then you're like, well, I don't know what to tell that you. That feels like, different to me, though, than, like, like they – I can't think of any good examples off the top of my head. But I remember watching a couple episodes of Bake Off. It was sort of as I started to lose interest in it where it was, like, every single person in the tent was having trouble performing well because, mm. like – I think there was, like, a technical challenge where they had, like, only two lines of the actual recipe or something. Yeah. And it's, like, there is a point where this stops being about skill and starts just being about good television or what a producer thinks is going to be good television. I haven't had that experience with Bake Off. I feel like they only really do those when it's down to, like, a very small number or they're trying to, like, highlight a specific issue or, like, learn more about, like, this whole group 
did really bad on bread week. So what mm. kind of bread elements can we bring into this that would like see if they actually learned anything or not from that? You so know it's what like I mean? Punishing them. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Punitive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my uh, bigger issue with Bake Off has been like uh, how vague the challenges have been almost and more like I don't know, like concocted from a different place than just like make your big like Christmas dessert. Yeah. And then it's like make a dessert that looks like a different dessert. Oh, and it's like, sure. okay, like that stuff bothers me a little bit, but that's not here or there really. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> um on the note about learning things, the other thing the show takes from Bake Off that I am a thousand percent here for is the history lessons. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah, we get pottery history and it's fucking incredible. We learned about yes. old ass mugs. We learned about old ass kilns and how all the people used to get lung disease from shoveling all the coal. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. We learned it's about awesome. coiling. Yep. I learned about tiles tonight. Oh, like, that's fun. Yeah. They're a lot shorter than the Bake Off ones, which I appreciate. Like, yes. a lesson was learned. Yes. But it was the right lesson. Yes. It's so is, good. Yeah. Should we talk about how torny? It's the horniest fucking television show. <laughs> Dear God. Yeah. yeah. It's not even, like... It's not even coded. Like, we're not being cute. They literally say constantly, Clay is so sexual. And then they have a lot of, like, phallic (laughs) objects, and they're like, I know what that looks like. (laughs) The whole whole quick fire challenge about pulling handles was just, like, stroking these long long things of Clay to make them look like dicks. And then someone, no, two different contestants, like, made jokes about, like, stroking a dick except oh, there it's were dick jokes oh my god and then like there's this one guy who's like mega horny who like talked about like the slipperiness of the clay between his hands oh and, yeah like the host started hitting on him and i was like what is happening <laughs> but you know what i'm here for it <laughs> <laughs> i was just confused like i feel like people always talk about how british people are so repressed and i was like i don't know if this is repression or the opposite yeah. of repression or like i don't know i don't know how to process horny british people i think i don't know i do think that this speaks to the like goofiness of the show though yes. Like, it supports this whole, like, not taking it too seriously thing. Like, the judges will make jokes about it, and you're yes. like, okay, like, they don't, whatever. Those are not weird episode, about it. It's just funny to hear later people on. say Clay is sexual. It's very funny. <laughs> I was also alarmed by the pulling gesture. I was like, is this happening? Okay. Constant pulling. Um, yeah, there's an episode later in this season that involves nude models, and... Yep, there nothing is blurred. Yep. Nothing at all. Yep. And then they talk a lot about like the genitalia being proportional in oh, the models sure. and it's, <laughs> and it's, it's just, just like amazing. oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there is lots. one I this is what was making me think about people having different like skills in the craft is that there is one person who does like figurines. Like they showed one like lady figurine in her living room yeah which i'm assuming yeah. we'll get back to in the nude mm-hmm. model episode mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah like it's wild yeah but 
All right, should we talk about Art Dad? Let's talk about Art Dad. We finally have an Art Dad. Yeah, so I watched this episode, the first episode, and I was kind of slacking Kirstie that it was good. And then all of a sudden I was like, um, I think we have a dad. I think he's our dad now. <laughs> it just, like, came upon me, and I was like, no, this is this is right. This I just, well, because I really feel like he's a father figure to me now. Like, he's great when he does judging because he'll, like, point to flaws in people's stuff, and then he'll go, don't do this again. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then he'll be like, I'm just kidding, but don't. <laughs> like, he's so, like, blunt with people. Yeah. Like, he told this one guy to his face in the middle of judging that he just, like, didn't think the guy cared. The guy was trying to be like, I have a minimalist aesthetic. And Art Dad was like, it just feels like you don't care. So then, on the flip (laughs) side, in this same judging session... (laughs) The exact, like, literally a person later. Yeah. Someone comes up to him with something that's, like, to my eyes, fine, but I can't really judge these finished products. I just usually, like, I don't say anything because I'm like, I'm going to be wrong about the art value of these. So It seemed like her thing was fine, technically speaking, except a couple of the rims weren't, like, the right height for being nesting. Yeah. So, like, the each individual one was okay, but when you, like, stacked them, they didn't, like, stack neatly the way they were supposed to. Yeah. But... Uh, for whatever reason, the art spoke to him, and he just cries, and he gets so <laughs> he emotional. Broke out in tears. She said something about how they were uneven because she got nervous, and he just like he's this like six foot tall man. Let's see how tall he is. Um, he's <laughs> this extremely large man, and he just starts crying. And the other judge was like, "Why are you crying?" Yeah, <laughs> and, and he's so- like. He couldn't even really articulate it, I don't feel like. No. But he does this often. (laughs) Does he really? Like, almost every episode, he cries. No way! And it's like, what a beautiful image of masculinity in the year of our Lord 2012. (laughs) That's so much. That's hilarious. What else has he cried about? He cries about art a lot. But he cried in the one I watched tonight because someone said that they were a little embarrassed by their finished product. And he's like, he's like, never, never say you're embarrassed. Never be embarrassed. Oh my God. So this person was in last place when the judging came around and he's like, yours was worst. But in that moment, he's like, never say you're embarrassed. Be proud of your work. Dad. I just... It's so funny, but it's so good. That's amazing. Yeah, his argument was, like, basically that it was just beautiful that she was nervous because she cares about her art. Yeah. (laughs) It just, like, that is so funny. That emotional ride really spoke to me. That's amazing. Not necessarily on this show, but, like, I've been there. I've watched a Bake Off. I've I've had emotions. It is. Art is beautiful. It is it's beautiful. beautiful when people do do good things when they do it good. Yeah, good job. Anyway, everyone. he's our art dad now. He's our <laughs> art dad, and he wears really good overalls, like great pottery overalls. Yes, he's. It's very a real good vibe, it. like because he's got this fairly like put together Kevin McLeod style. He's also got really fucking wild hair. Yeah, 
Um, and he, a lot of the time he wears suits during judging. And then when it's pottery time, he oh, wears yeah. his overalls. <laughs> and like this, like wife beater tank top. <laughs> so good. It's so good. I don't even know his name. He's just our architect. Keith Brimer Jones. Okay. Good. I was doing some investigating because I will find out how tall he is. <laughs> the second Google result is why does Keith Brimer cry? <laughs> and the answer is simply he just loves pottery that much. <laughs> Oh my god. You know what? At this stage of quarantine, we're all crying over pottery or something. He just loves pottery. Oh, Oh, I'm so happy for him. Wouldn't you love to, like, find your calling in life like that? Yeah, right? (laughs) Here's a picture of him crying. He literally (laughs) cries almost every episode. (laughs) So funny. It's almost like a Hollywood handshake, but better because it's more heartfelt and it's not performative. Although sometimes a Hollywood handshake will make me cry a little. That's hilarious. Oh my god. I am obsessed with this energy. Like, I just, I want this on Bake Off now. Like, I want to take this mom and dad judge and move them over. (laughs) She does feel a little bit like mom. Right? I do like the lady judge whose name I also have She's too cool. She's really cool. Sarah Cox? I don't know. No, that's the that's the host. That's the Melon horny host. That's the ho- <laughs> horny one. Kate Malone is mm. the mom judge. And they balance each other well. She's very like yeah. very practical. Mm-hmm. And I I like her. She does her not energy. cry. No, she does not. <laughs> She's very calming though. Like I feel like she could teach me how to do pottery. She and could. it would I feel like it would all be okay. Yeah. I also just liked her little intro package where she was like, I've designed every mug you've ever used. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I can't find his height anywhere, but he looks like a tall man. He's got to be like 6'3". I think so, because he towers over everyone else. He was also wearing very tight pants on the episode I was watching today, and I was like, oh, wow, a lot's happening. That's a vibe. Yeah. That's a whole vibe. It sure is. I actually would think I would it greatly get entertainment out of him crying while wearing tight pants. Yeah. I just think that's that's a good image. I mean, that's what you're in for if you watch the rest of this show. I it's will. So I definitely good. will. It just seems like it would be like cleansing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is the show that gave us the feels we were looking for. Yes. Yes. On the feel-good spectrum, this is the show that gets you to the place that the that Twitter promised me the dog show would get me. Yes. Yes. 100%. Yeah. Supposedly there's three seasons. I hope we get all three. I hope so. It's the same production company as Bake Off, so there's that weird split where they moved to Channel 4, so I don't know how that's going to work for HBO rights, but... Yeah. Hopefully... Because I got to see those other two seasons. Yeah. I Are there only three seasons? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I definitely want to see them. Yeah. However many there may be. Yes. So anyway, yeah. Go watch Pottery. Proceed with caution with dogs. Yeah. Which is always good advice. It's always good advice. <laughs> <laughs> um... 
if you have gripes or thoughts about Emmy nominations and how they may have failed us all, you can send them to us at HeyWatchWithUs on Twitter, or you can email us to HeyWatchWithUs at gmail.com. You can go to our website, HeyWatchWithUs.com, and click the contact button. Or you can tell us in a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Please give us five-star reviews. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Think of us like your well-crafted ceramic mug that someone gifted you from the local art fair. Yes. But podcasting version. Yeah, we're definitely, like, early crafts been yes. level <laughs> podcasting. Hone, but with with some, some markings of people who have not reached the pinnacle of the craft. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the handle on the mug is a, has too much rise, you know? We're from the discount rack. We're from the, <laughs> we're from the factory seconds. <laughs> You know what? That hits, that hits me in a place. You know Everyone loves a factory second. <laughs> Never be embarrassed by your art. You know what? I think we're going to get a new tagline for our show now. <laughs> no comments about my horticulture, please. Oh my god. <laughs> All this is to say, (laughs) please make our rating on iTunes not three and a half stars. Thank you. It's a five star review because we're trying really hard. We're trying really hard. And there's some people who don't appreciate our takes on Sam Hewen. And you know what? They're wrong, not us. (laughs) It's so true. Um, Anyway. Art is subjective. Just ask the wardrobe designer on Sam Hewen's indie film. So if you want to listen to some more podcasts that aren't us, you can find our friends over at the Thought Bubble Audio Network, which is a podcast network of which we are a part. And they have other shows that talk about geek stuff and probably not as much about pottery. So some hits and some misses there, I'm sure. <laughs> you can find them over at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. I did it right this time. FM on Twitter. Thoughtbubbleaudio.gmail.com. And they are also on Patreon if you want to support small artists. Yes. Yeah. Find them. Thoughtbubbleaudio. Um, yeah. That about wraps that up. Yeah. So we We're will see put this you bad next boy time. in the kiln and we sure are. I guess you'll see what you get next time. <laughs> no boy. <laughs> Bye. Hopefully there aren't any cracks in this podcast. <laughs> Yikes. All right. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. And now I have enough money to buy myself some McDonald's in Bennington tomorrow. (laughs) Wow. Living the dream.